0: You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. You would please open your Bibles to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6, we are beginning in verse 14 as we continue our study in Mark's Gospel. You'll recall in the preceding verses, Jesus went around teaching from village to village and then sent out the twelve, two by two, and gave them authority over evil spirits and gave them the power to heal. And so miracles were happening all around and Jesus' fame was increasing. Beginning in verse 14 of Mark chapter 6, this is God's word. King Herod heard about this, for Jesus' name had become well known. Some were saying, John the Baptist has been raised from the dead. And that is why miraculous powers are at work in him. Others said, he is Elijah. Still others claimed, he is a prophet like one of the prophets of long ago. But when Herod heard this, he said, John, the man I beheaded, has been raised from the dead. For Herod himself had given orders to have John arrested, and he had him bound and put in prison. He did this because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, whom he had married. For John had been saying to Herod, It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. So Herodias nursed a grudge against John and wanted to kill him, but she was not able to because Herod feared John and protected him, knowing him to be a righteous and holy man. When Herod heard John, he was greatly puzzled, yet he liked to listen to him. Finally, the opportune time came. On his birthday, Herod gave a banquet for his high officials, and military commanders, and the leading men of Galilee. When the daughter of Herodias came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his dinner guests. The king said to the girl, "'Ask me for anything you want, and I'll give it to you.' And he promised her with an oath, "'Whatever you ask, I will give you, up to half my kingdom.'" She went out and said to her mother, "'What shall I ask for?' "'The head of John the Baptist,' she answered. At once the girl hurried in to the king with the request. "'I want you to give me right now "'the head of John the Baptist on a platter.' The king was greatly distressed, but because of his oaths and his dinner guests, he did not want to refuse her. So he immediately sent an executioner with orders to bring John's head. The man went, beheaded John in the prison, and brought back his head on a platter. He presented it to the girl, and she gave it to her mother. On hearing of this, John's disciples came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. May God add his blessing to this reading from his holy and inspired word. Okay, can we just kind of move on to the next section of verses? I mean, this is not a happy story. This is a gory story. A head on a platter at a dinner party. What happened here? Well, Mark's gospel is, of course, focused on Jesus. Because the gospel, good news, is all about Jesus. If you are ever asked what is the gospel go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 where Paul says I want to remind you of the gospel what it is that I preached to you which you believed by which you're saved and then he tells us that the gospel is that Jesus died Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures he was buried And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures. The gospel is all about what Jesus did. He died according to the scriptures. In other words, it wasn't a surprise. It wasn't plan B. He died according to the scriptures. He was buried. And on the third day, he was raised to life again, according to the scriptures. In other words, just as God had said would happen. That's what the gospel is all about. But in order to give us a bigger picture of how that happened, we have four God-breathed accounts of the life of Jesus. And the focus of those accounts concerning the life of Jesus is on Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. But in order to tell that story, Mark, which, who gives us the shortest of the Gospels, starts with the ministry of John the Baptist. Why? Well, because that was what the apostolic message began with. say, so, well, what about the virgin birth and all that? All of that is backstory. All of that is God-inspired. It's true. It's wonderful. But the focus is on Jesus. And John the Baptist played a special role in history, a unique role in history, introducing Jesus. So, when you look at Acts chapter 1, Peter said we need to replace Judas because the Bible says so. And it needs to be one of Jesus' followers who was with us from the beginning at John's baptism of Jesus. That's when Jesus' public ministry started. And so when Mark tells the story, he starts his introduction of Jesus by reminding folks of John, whose job was to introduce Jesus. He starts with the baptism of Jesus, then the temptation, And then, in chapter 1 of Mark, verse 14, he says that after Herod put John in prison, Jesus went into Galilee and began to preach the good news, calling people to repent and believe the gospel, because the kingdom is now here.
1: In Psalm 145, we read, One generation will declare your works to the next and will proclaim your mighty acts. God is pleased when we share His love with the future generations. One meaningful way you can share Yahweh to the next generation is by leaving a gift in your will to Wears Valley Ranch. The ranch is home and school to children from all over the country who need a safe haven. Please pray about how you might help support these kids and consider joining Legacy 145, Legacy 145 is a growing group of people, people who see this as a meaningful way to thank God for all they have been blessed with. You can learn more about it by going to wvr.org and click on the link for Legacy 145. Again, find the link for Legacy 145 on our website at wvr.org.
0: To step out of my comfort zone Into the realm of the unknown Where Jesus is And he's holding out his hand So, now, chapters later, in chapter 6, Mark goes back and he picks up what happened to John after he'd been in prison for a while. Now, he doesn't give us, for instance, the story of when John sent some of his disciples to ask Jesus, are you really the one? <laughs> we need to wait for somebody else. But John knew better, but he was trying to spur his younger cousin on to let's, let's get this done. I thought, you know, I introduce you and then you introduce the kingdom and Rome gets overthrown and I get out of jail. But that wasn't the way God was working things out. because John would only get out of jail with his head on a platter, and Jesus was on his way to the cross, and he knew it, because that's why he came. He didn't come to raise an army that would go against Rome and overthrow them with violence. He came to deliver us from the bondage that humans would still be in after Rome was a thing of the past. So in this passage, the question that is absolutely central is, who's Jesus? Who is Jesus? Because you see, there was a lot of confusion about that. Some people said this, some people said this. And Herod, who is referred to in this passage as King Herod, even though he wasn't a king, he was a tetrarch, he was a high Roman official. But he was not really a king. That was his popular term. Some commentators think that Mark was being sarcastic when he called him that, but history seems to indicate that's what the people called him, and he liked it, Okay, which fits. His official rank was not king, but King Herod was the most powerful Roman official in the whole region. He was rich. And he could have people executed at will, and often did. You may remember a story about his father, who had all the children, two and under, in Bethlehem and vicinity, murdered because he wanted to be sure that no Messiah came on the scene who would threaten his rule. It wasn't that he didn't believe in prophecy. It wasn't that he didn't believe in God. It's that he believed it so much he wanted to do everything he could to resist. And so he had those children killed. After he died, and now Herod, the little king, has taken the throne, this Herod, as rich as he was, Powerful as he was, was clueless about who Jesus is. And I didn't say who Jesus was, because Jesus is still alive. Remember what the gospel says? He's alive. He is king of kings and lord of lords. But Herod, Herod didn't have a clue. And Herod's conscience was troubling him because he knew that what he had done concerning John the Baptist was wrong and so he was afraid he didn't say oh boy maybe John the Baptist has come back to life he was thinking oh no I bet it's John the Baptist come back to life why would that bother him because he had John killed but he didn't want to he really didn't want to he just got manipulated into it well how did that happen well this tells the story why was John in prison John was in prison because he was calling people to repentance, and that included calling King Herod to repentance. And he didn't just say, hey, Herod needs to repent. He went to Herod and said, you need to repent. It says, if you look at the text, he had been saying, verse 18, for John had been saying to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. I think some of us could learn a lesson from that verse, and that is he had been saying it to Herod. Most preachers don't want to preach against sin. If we are going to preach against sin, we would prefer to talk to people about other people's sins. Okay? What we don't want to do is confront people. About their sin, I've had other pastors say to me, "I can't, I can't believe you, you just, you just said that." I say, "Well, it's what the Bible says." They're like, "Man, if I said that in my church, I'd lose my job." I'm thinking, "Well, who do you work for? Are you working for God, or are you working for a paycheck?" It's not about being popular. It's not about being liked. I way too often bring up stuff about my medical history, but here goes. When I had a tumor in my parotid gland, and I went to the doctor, if he had said, oh, don't worry about it, it's fine. No, no don't, don't worry. No problem. No problem. Lots of people get those, you know. And everybody dies, so, you know, just, just don't worry about it. I mean, it's not a big deal. It's really not a big deal. I've seen bigger tumors. Okay? If he had said, would he have been a good doctor? Now, he would have made me feel better until it kept growing. But he didn't do that. He told me the truth. That needs to come out. This is on a Wednesday. He said, how about Friday? Really? I asked his assistant when she suggested Friday as the date. I said, uh, is he going out of town on vacation or something? And she said, no. I said, okay, Friday. You know, we're on. Let me just tell you something. The person who's honest with you about your problems is the person who's being kind to you. The person who tries to tell you everything's okay when it's not is an instrument of the devil encouraging you to relax on your way to hell. So John had been telling Herod, you can't have that woman as your wife. Why? Because I don't like her. No, because she's your brother's wife. And that's not okay. Well, Herod knew he was right. But Herod didn't repent. And Herodias, she wanted to be with Herod. She didn't want to be with her husband. She wanted to be with Herod. So, she hated John the Baptist and wanted to kill him. That's what it says. She wanted to kill him because that man is making my husband feel guilty about doing something that I want us to do. Did you know? There are people who will hate you for telling the truth. There are people who will want to kill you for telling the truth. But God tells his people to tell the truth. And so John the Baptist, who called people to repentance, called Herod to repentance. And the only thing keeping John the Baptist alive was that He was protected by Herod. And Herod liked to listen to him. Herod used to bring John up from the jail cell and say, talk to me. And John would preach the truth to him and say, you need to repent. He was puzzled, but he liked to listen to him. But he didn't repent. Birthday comes around. And he has a party, and he brings in not only his military commanders, not only his government officials, he brings in the leading citizens of Galilee. And it's quite a party, and there's a lot of drinking going on, and then they need entertainment. I'm going to tell you, my, my stepdaughter, that girl can dance, and uh, Hey, have, have Salome brought in here. The text doesn't tell us her name, but Josephus does. Salome's brought in, and she she can dance. And it is very, very seductive. And he gets really excited watching stuff he shouldn't be seeing. And he is so moved by the experience... That he says to her, I want want to give you a reward. What would you like? He's got access to jewels, gold, all kinds of stuff. She says, well, I I don't know. What, What do you have in mind, daddy? And he says, you can ask for up to half my kingdom. I am so, so thrilled with you. I'll give you up to half my kingdom. Now, by the way, if you're her mom, how are you feeling right now about the fact that he's drooling over your daughter and the fact that he's promising her up to half the kingdom? Herodias didn't even have that. But Herod, had had too much to drink and he was really feeling excited and so he promised up to half the kingdom she said I'll be right back let me go ask mom and she says the head of John the Baptist that's what you ask for she runs back and she says I want the head of John the Baptist right now on a platter Herod didn't like that at all felt terrible but his guests were all waiting to see. Is he a man of his word? We wouldn't want to have a big celebration with a guy who doesn't have good character. And So he gives the order and the executioner carries it out and suddenly John the Baptist is dead and his head on a platter is brought into the party and given to the girl who takes it and carries it to mom. Is anybody else troubled by the fact that in our culture we increasingly find violence not just tolerable, but entertaining? That violent crimes are being committed across this land that are not just a crime where this person gets angry with this person and does something terrible. But people attack people they don't even know for the pleasure of watching them suffer. Where would people get ideas like that? Well, from Satan. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And there are demonic forces at work in our culture. But people are being desensitized by an entertainment industry that believes this stuff sells. Because it does. Because it appeals to the worst in the human heart. And so we've got tons of entertainment that is desensitizing young people who are growing up thinking that somehow this is fun to watch people getting Blown up, cut up, burned up. Okay, Pastor, aren't you doing now what um, you accuse those other pastors of doing because you know good and well nobody in this congregation this morning works in the entertainment industry producing things like that. No, I, I do know that, but I'm just building up to what I'm about to say. Tons of church people make that financially profitable because we would never produce something like that but we will pay for it we will watch it we will let our kids watch it we will let them be desensitized by video games and movies and i'm telling you we're going to give an account if sin presented as a good thing is what we find entertaining we're sinning does that mean should you have not read this story because this is gory the bible doesn't entertain us with stories of wickedness the bible calls us to repentance as it tells the truth about the human heart and about human history. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE, or contact us on the web at wvr.org.